Ahead was a banner straddling the road. Los Angeles welcomes the Transamerica runners. McPhail trotted on into central Los Angeles. Runners of all nationalities strode the sidewalks in small groups, chatting and gesticulating ferociously. Some jogged in packs in the broad main street and were narrowly missed by honking cars. Others sat in deck chairs outside cafes while their bodies were pummeled and massaged by their managers. The town fairly seethed with runners. Hugh had felt a stranger in America for three thousand miles by rail, and even during the six miles into town. But no longer. This was a runner's town. For the moment, Los Angeles was the Transamerica, the Transamerica Los Angeles. He felt a familiar sick feeling at the pit of his stomach. Did he really have a place here, in Los Angeles, now swarming with the greatest long-distance runners in the world? What he experienced now was the same feeling that he had felt each winter before the beginning of an athletic season. A lack of belief in his body, in its powers of development, in its ability to return each summer not only as good as before, but even better. It was the doubt he had always faced and, so far at least, always beaten. True, they were the greatest runners in the world— but no one in history had run three thousand miles, fifty miles a day, day in, day out. There was no means of knowing what that daily pounding would do, even to a well-trained body. The Transamerica was a lottery. He decided to make for the Grand, a white pillar-fronted hotel which had seen better days. Outside on the road was a row of wooden trestle tables, behind which were women taking details from lines of men in front of them. "'Your name, mister?' asked an attractive blonde girl, looking up at him from a table with a placard saying, Miss Dixie Williams. Hugh MacPhail. Country? Scotland. Miss Williams glanced at his tartan shorts and his strong, lean legs. You've sure come a long way. The girl handed him a number on a white card. Well, here's your racing number and your room number. She handed him two cloth patches and eight safety pins. You have to be numbered back and front at all times during the race. Mr. Flanagan will explain all the rules at six o'clock this evening here at the Grand. And good luck. At two-thirty precisely, Charles C. Flanagan adjusted his pearl tie pin, straightened the handkerchief in the jacket pocket of his immaculate gray double-breasted suit, and looked to the journalists buzzing and scribbling below him. The Calvin Coolidge Room was a veritable league of nations of the world of sports journalism— for the Transamerica had brought together reporters from all over the world, men who rarely met between Olympics. Now they jostled and hailed each other, scribbled and chattered, all waiting for the moment when the Transamerica would spring into life. Flanagan knew many of these journalists well, and they knew him. He placed both hands in a splayed tripod on the table in front of him, then stood back and stretched himself to his full height. Flashbulbs exploded and cameras whirred around him. Gentlemen, gentlemen, he said, beckoning away the photographers and sitting down. We must proceed with the business of the day. He banged a heavy wooden gavel on the table in front of him, but it was fully a minute before the babble was stilled. Could I have the first question, please? How far is the race? shouted a journalist towards the front of the room. Three thousand one hundred and forty-six miles, Two hundred and twenty yards, replied Flanagan smoothly. You dead sure about them yards? 
shouted a man whom Flanagan recognized as Frank Pollard of the St. Louis Star, a veteran of American sports journalism. Not dead, certain, Frank, but we'll get our consultant surveyor to check it out. Every yard of it if you have any doubts. First thing in the morning. Through the laughter, Flanagan pointed to another questioner in the middle of the room. Charles Ray, Washington Post. What's the money for first prize? One hundred and fifty thousand golden dollars, guaranteed by the National Bank of America, said Flanagan. And the other prizes? asked Ray, staying on his feet. Fifty thousand dollars for second, going down to two hundred dollars for hundredth place. The total is three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Fancy pickings. There was an immediate babble of discussion as the prize money was translated into pounds, marks, and francs by the foreign press. Next question, please. He pointed into the forest of raised hands. How many miles will it cover each day?